You're listening to episode 246 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today is extra special because I got to interview not only two of my favorite people, but I have never gotten to interview a couple before. (laughs) So this was even more exciting. Uh, So this is a husband and wife, uh, Luke Morris and Claire Falconer. I got to meet them back in Bali and we actually recorded an episode together in person in Bali. But it was right before the pandemic hit and then so many things changed that we talked about even in the interview that it just seemed irrelevant to even release it. And then they have gone on on an incredible journey that we're going to get into more in the episode over the course of the past year. And I reached out to them again and said, would you like to re-record? At this point, they are in Australia and I am currently in Canada. So unfortunately, we had to do it over Zoom instead of uh, the in-person one. But we had a great time and we're getting into a lot of big stuff here. Um, I, I, I love talking to people who have made more unconventional life choices. And we're getting into that a lot with Luke and Claire. They're telling us about how they sold everything in Dubai, uh, picked up, moved to Australia and started doing the van life thing, which is awesome. And you're going to have to go check out their Instagram. There are multiple Instagrams. I've got everything listed in the show notes and you can follow along their adventures. And we're also getting into the two miscarriages that they've experienced in the past year. And I wanted to, I was so grateful that, and just honored that they were willing to be so open about how they went through that and how they dealt with that. And I was also particularly interested in getting the male perspective on this as well, because when we do hear about miscarriage and it still is not talked about nearly enough, but when we do hear about miscarriage, it's usually from the woman's perspective. And this was extra special because we get to hear from both Claire and Luke about how it affected both of them, both individually and as a couple. So this was really, really special. It was just so beautiful. And you will absolutely fall in love with both Luke and Claire. They're just amazing, amazing humans. I love them both so much. And make sure to go check out all the incredible things that they're doing. They have an awesome company called Wildwood as well that you can go check out. There's just amazing things to take a look at. And Claire is also a women's health and nutrition coach, as well as a functional medicine practitioner, personal trainer, and yoga teacher. So she has a ton of information to share as well. She goes into some of that um, on today's episode as well, including how she incorporated all of her knowledge into what she's been going through from a fertility standpoint as well. And we get into a lot. So there's so much involved in this one. I can't wait for you to listen and let's dive in. This is actually the second time that I am recording with Luke and Claire. Last time was in person in Bali under very different circumstances. (laughs) 
And then that episode became outdated with uh, global circumstances. So we put it off and now we're re-recording and I'm so excited to have you guys just now it's via Zoom, unfortunately, instead of in person, but. <laughs> it's going to be back in Bali again, but it's good to see you again. If you were. <laughs> we'll make it happen one of these days when, when borders reopen. <laughs> So tell us One day, you guys. Yeah, totally. We have more food to eat. We were eating our way around Chengdu. I was just third wheeling, like following yeah. you guys around all the place and we had the best food. So we need to make more of that just happen. Living the dream. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about each of you. And this is always unusual because I don't, I've never interviewed a couple other than you two. So you guys can decide how you divvy up who talks first. <laughs> I'm originally English. Um, I don't know what you want to know, but like I moved to Dubai in 2012, it was, and that's where we actually met. So we met through a friend at, a, at their birthday party. And yeah, we started dating and then things got more serious. We started going out, and then we actually got married in Bali uh, last year. Uh, before all this uh, COVID stuff kicked off, luckily we got in there uh, before it all kicked off in Uluwatu. And it was a beautiful wedding. It was just a small wedding with our friends and family. It was amazing. And yeah, we lived in Dubai for most of the time. We've known each other, and have recently moved to Australia. So yeah, so. I mean, that's the rundown, basically. So, yeah, we met in Dubai. We got married in Bali and then decided in January of 2020, just in time for the COVID <laughs> breakout. So we kind of just made it here, thankfully. And, um, yeah, well, now we're living in Australia. We bought a van in the minute we sort of landed in um, Australia. So we bought a big Mercedes Sprinter. And it's always been our dream to travel around Australia because mm. we've travelled a lot of the world but I've never even seen my own country. So I'm Australian. Um, and so, yeah, it was a big dream of ours. So we renovated it. We built it all from scratch. We put a kitchen, a bed in there. And then for the past five and a half months, we've been traveling around Australia, um, which has been incredible. So we've gone up the east coast of Australia all the way to the tip of Queensland. And then we sort of made our way back down. So now we're in Melbourne. Um, and it's summer here and it's beautiful. So I love it. I love it. Okay. We have lots to talk about because we're going to talk about the van. We're going to talk about a few other things. First, tell me what each of you guys do because Luke, you have your own business. Claire, you have your own business. So tell us what you guys do. Okay. So I moved to Dubai. I used to work in marketing. I used to work for kind of global media agencies back in my corporate days. Um, so that's what I did in London for four and a half, five years. And then I realized I kind of didn't want to live and work in London anymore. It was a bit cold and miserable most of the time. I'm quite an outdoorsy and a sporty kind of person. So I wanted to go traveling. So I traveling to South America for six months, uh, came back and was like, right, I've got to move abroad. I need some sunshine. So I started looking at uh, the States and Dubai were, were the two kind of main locations where there were opportunities in my field. Um, and Dubai just had more opportunities and it was tax free and I had friends that had moved there and they were living this dream and I was like sweet that looks amazing Dubai it is so I moved there and worked in uh, a big global media agency there for about three years but I kind of got 
disenchanted with it all as a lot of people do it was just very corporate and just I don't know I wasn't really satisfied in the job and always wanted to start my own business so I launched uh, my accessories business which is Wild Woods and we produce and sell uh, sunglasses watches wallets all made out of reclaimed materials so yeah so I launched that and and that's what I still do now that business still exists in Dubai and have recently launched that here in Australia too so yeah so exciting so exciting and yeah you guys have awesome products and I just love the entire mission behind Wildwood it's so cool what you put together there thank you thank you very much <laughs> yeah he's worked very hard for it unfortunately this year because of COVID obviously it took a bit of a hit so it's been <clears> you know a little bit disheartening but hopefully it's all looking out for 2021 yeah because I actually um transitioned it to more to be more of a retail business so initially we were quite kind of e-commerce we're doing like corporate deals and stuff um but because when we moved to australia i was like right we're just gonna keep it as retail so we had all these retail outlets and partners that we uh, that we're affiliated with and then obviously you know so we moved to australia in january and then in march covid kicked off and then all the retailers and hotels were like right we're closing so that's 80 percent of the revenue stream from my wood has suddenly gone what we've done with you know all these small businesses these independent shops and retailers they're suddenly shot shut overnight and it's not like australia where the government supports them in dubai it's very different that they don't have that kind of financial support from the government so half of them more than half of them are closed down now they're, they're not reopening so you know that that's COVID. that's what's happened to a lot of businesses this year and yeah one one of them um but we've launched here in, in australia so Things are looking up for that and we'll see how it goes. We just keep keep pushing on, don't we? That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Twenty a tough one for everyone, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And are you going to do you still offer international shipping as well? Yeah, yeah, we do. So from uh we do it from the Dubai uh hub. So from there, yeah, we ship internationally, yeah. Okay. All right. So all the links and everything to Wildwood will all be listed in the show notes. So everybody can go check them out. And you guys are beautiful models for your own products. So you guys can also go and check oh, yeah. out your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. For both of you guys. Actually, you guys have more Instagram accounts between the two of you than anyone else I know. <laughs> it's really, it's really like, we really, all we do is go on Instagram. It's like, it's just painful. I don't know. We do. <laughs> Whenever I go to message you too, I never know which account to message you. I'm, I'm like, wait, is it this one? Do they check this one more? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely one more so now. Okay. They're just trying to get a personal one back up and running, but I can't handle my personal one as well as the Wildwood ones and the Bad Lobster one. It's just, it's too overwhelming. So I think that's fair. Sad. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> one, right? So. <laughs> okay, so Claire, tell us a little bit about you because you are absolutely brilliant at what you do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I, um, I have obviously been in Dubai for the past 10 years, but previous to that, I was in, working and um, living in Melbourne, Australia, um, and I am a personal trainer, yoga teacher, um, nutrition coach, and I specialize in functional medicine as well. So, you know, basically just throwing myself entirely for my whole working career into health and wellness field. Um, which I absolutely love. So, yeah, it's always been a pleasure to work, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've always worked for myself, which has been really nice. So I've actually never had that story of being in the corporate world or anything. So 
it's that's a whole different ball game to me so yeah it's been um really good and then obviously leaving Dubai I was solely one-on-one working with clients face-to-face um so I've been trying to make the transition this year to online it's been a bit slower than I would have liked but obviously there's been a number of circumstances that I've just decided just to take some time out um and yeah I've just in the last couple of weeks, just started working on that again, which has been really nice. So sort of just getting back into the working field again has been good. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh, it's so exciting. Okay. So yeah, everybody's going to have to go keep an eye on your Instagram account because I know you always post awesome stuff and you, you are not, I'm very well versed in the fitness and nutrition space and you are when I say you're very good at what you do, I mean it because you are very science backed. You spend a huge amount of time researching. I know what kinds of podcasts and stuff you listen to. And Luke is like, how do you listen to this stuff? <laughs> because it's like, you're always so this? Like they could at least put some personality into this. I mean, I love a medical journal. I love, I love that. So that's what gets me off, you know? So yeah, I mean, Luke's not into it. And we don't even talk about that sort of stuff in our relationship because I'm like, just don't worry. Just don't worry. I know enough that she knows everything that I need to know about nutrition (laughs) and science. Which is not much. What I should be consuming, what I should be putting into my body. Like she's a great personal trainer, but if you get her talking about nutrition, and the health as- aspects and food and what she'd be consuming, she's brilliant at that. That's where she really shines. So I'm like, you deal with that, and I'm good doing my <laughs> Put it on a plate in front of me. It's it's fine. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he does. So, yeah. that sounds good, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you guys have, other than you know, obviously being hit with the pandemic, you guys have gone through a lot this year on a more personal level. And uh, Claire, you, you told me months ago after it had happened that you had gone through your first miscarriage and you've started talking about it a little bit more openly because you, you guys have actually had two miscarriages at this point, but we're going to start this with the happy ending, which is that as we're speaking, you are 21 weeks along, your scans are good. Everything is good. Uh, and you're very excited that you feel sick <laughs> because that's so different from your first two. And that you were saying before we jumped on that you were, you've been very excited to actually feel a little bit nauseous because that you've taken that as such a good sign compared to how you felt the first couple of times. So first of all, how are you feeling other than a little bit nauseous? <laughs> well, so, I mean, right at this very moment, I'm 21 weeks long and despite a little bit of um, pregnancy insomnia, um, I'm doing good. I'm really like, it sort of hit about 12, 12 and a half weeks and I sort of turned a corner um, and I've just started getting my energy back. I've started training again. I've started doing some yoga. So that's been really nice. The first three months I didn't do anything, um, which was also really nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really good in, uh, to get to this stage right now of 21 weeks. And, you know, I'm starting to get a belly, which is really nice. I'm like, it's the first time everywhere. You're like, oh, my God, I'm putting on weight. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I myself every day. And it's like increasing. So, yeah. And I'm like, sweet. Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's really nice. And then just watch the belly grow. And, and I've started to feel the kicks now. So that's all really like, you know, it's really nice. Obviously, we still have, you know, 
subconsciously, I think there's a lot of fear there still. Um, and I'm just trying to, in the past couple of weeks, really just like focus on the good of it because I just really want to try to embrace this pregnancy in all the possible way I can and, you know, just hope and fingers crossed that we get over the finish line, really. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you guys. And, and I just, I'm also, I, I also just want to really acknowledge how grateful I am that you guys are comfortable talking about this because you know when when you start coming out with it on on social media I knew on a personal level just from what you told me but when you guys start talking about it a little bit more openly I I think that it's it's really it takes a lot of courage to do that um, especially when you're in the midst of going through another pregnancy where even though this one is going really well I'm sure that there have been moments of doubt and all kinds of stress that can come with that like have you when, when you went through the first two, did you go through periods of like feeling resentment towards your body or um, going through moments of like guilt or self-blame or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like coming from the field I've been in, so, you know, I'm health and nutrition and one of my specialties actually is working with women um, preconception. So to actually help them fall pregnant. Um, and, you know, if there have been complications, like a lot of women nowadays um, suffer from lack of period due to being too lean. And, and that's really common in the fitness and health industry. And I've helped a lot of women fall pregnant and I, I've helped them through their pregnancy and train and, and have a healthy pregnancy. And so I knew exactly what to do. Like, you know, I prepped my body and I'd actually been prepping my body for about a year, a year and a half previous to that. Like I'd gone to the doctors, I'd done all the relevant blood work made sure that, you know, thyroid was in check, all my hormones were in check. I was taking the correct prenatals based on my genetic profile. Um, so, you know, I knew there was a few genetic markers there that on my bloods that um, required me to have different sort of um, supplement regimes and, and, and another person. So all of that side of things, like I, I was like, yeah, I've got this. And I remember even telling Luke, like, oh, yeah, pregnancy is going to be no issue. Like, I'll throw, we'll get pregnant easy in which we were very lucky. We did get pregnant very quickly and easy, but we never kept it. So, and that was just never even on my thought. Like I just, I didn't think that that would actually physically happen. I thought, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to nail this because I've done all the prep. Like, um, you know, I reduced training load dramatically for about a year previous. I, I turned more into breath work and yoga um and I did all the med like I meditated daily so you know I was like I'm doing it all like I'm sweet but I think one thing you just don't realize what you're doing is you you're trying to control everything and and that's what I was trying to do so I think that just full control of every aspect on it that I just was doing so yeah unfortunately we lost our first which I had no I, as I said, I was completely shocked, totally and utterly shocked. I had no clue that this would actually happen. Um, we were in Bali, actually, when I was early pregnant. So we had left Dubai. I'd found out on New Year's Eve that I was pregnant of 2020. We flew to Bali. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm sweet. I feel awesome. Like I was creating an online program. I was like, you know, doing all this stuff. I was like not feeling sick. I was like, oh. I'm so healthy. I don't even feel sick, you know, like. Being I didn't so know you were pregnant at the time, but that's when we were hanging out and like you and I were eating all the food. You were, you were doing all kinds of training videos, like all day, every day. Like you were clearly <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, we actually did podcasts when I was pregnant. So I was like, yeah, I'm sweet. Like, 
Um, and then we came back to Australia and thankfully, you know, we were in Australia. I was at my mom's house and then that's when, um, yeah, I, I started to bleed a little bit and I was like, oh, shit, you know. And still, even at that stage, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe this is just like, and I, I did say to Luke initially, I think this is like we've lost it. And he was like, no way, like, no way. Um, I, just, I just didn't think it could be possible because yeah. everything up to that point was going so well. Um, all the checks, even were the bloods, they, they I mean, were, the they bloods, were, yeah. They were, they were like in the relevant uh, bandwidth, whatever you call it. Um, we're healthy, like we don't smoke, we don't drink. We're such healthy people. We just thought it would be like once we got pregnant, we how many issues could we really have when we're not too old? Okay, we're in our 30s and we're pretty healthy. Like, you know, I just thought it would be once you're pregnant, you would it would then be uh, you know a process to then just be having a baby, but not the case, obviously. And we soon found out that. And I too was so aware of the, um, you know, how common miscarriages are. Like one, one in three, one in four women have mis pregnancies actually end in miscarriage. So I knew that it was it was common. I just never like you just don't think it for yourself. It's really strange. Um, so yeah. Anyway, we went to the doctors and I got a scan and um, then they came back and they said, yeah, sorry, there's you know, you've lost the baby. Um, and I was like, shit wow, okay, obviously that's a surprise, like, and, you know, tears and all that sort of stuff came with that. Um, and then I went to my doctor and I had the option to miscarry naturally or get, um, you could have a drug that sort of induced miscarriage or you could have an operation. And I was like, you know, being the natural, you know, vibe that I was, I was like, I want to miscarriage naturally. Like, I don't want any drugs. I don't want an operation. Just let me miscarry naturally. Um, and then it was about two weeks later, so we waited every day. I'm like, am I miscarrying? Am I miscarrying? And then about two weeks later, um, it sort of hit. And it was, which in hindsight, it was kind of good because I had the grieving process of the pregnancy. So I sort of grieved in those two weeks and been like, okay, yeah, this is real. Like, I've lost the baby. This is, it's gone now. Um, and then the pain of it, like physical pain which I never, ever knew how painful physically it was. Um, but, yeah, as I said, luckily I was at home. I was with my mum and Luke was here, so I had a great support base. Um, and I just sort of laid on the sofa and, and miscarried, and it was mm. excruciating, to say the least. It was probably the most painful physical thing that I've ever gone through. Um, I lost a lot of blood. Um, you know, I, Luke and my mum both had to carry me to bed. Like I couldn't, I was, you know, it was just I, extreme weakness that I'd never experienced in my life before and just being completely vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, I, it took me about a week or so to recover from that. Um, and then, unfortunately, we went then to the doctors to get an ultrasound just to see if I'd cleared everything out. And, unfortunately, I hadn't. Um, so there was still remaining placenta attached to my uterus. Um, and at this time, I would have been about 12, 13 weeks. So, yeah, I was, you know, like, fuck, can this just be over now? Sorry, I just swore. <laughs> um, swear, swear away. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, sort of was, the doctor was like, we need to operate. There's no other option now. And I was like, okay. So we had to then, a couple of days later, I went into surgery. 
and was operated on and then everything was clear and then immediately I started to feel like, okay, my boobs weren't sensitive anymore. So I kind of knew, okay, it's gone now. Like I'm not pregnant. Like it's all good. And then obviously my first question to the doctor was like, okay, so how long can we start trying now? So again, I was trying to control everything. I was like, okay, so how long? Okay. And he's like, have one period naturally, like not, and then um, you can start trying. And I was like, sweet, cool. One period and then we'll start trying. So that was my goal then. And so I completely just was sort of like put that aside and was like, yeah. But, you know, the feelings of resentment for the body and, and then I put my you know, head straight down into all this research even more, obviously, being myself. So what have I done wrong? Like what's happened? You know, what 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 am I doing? Um, and just sort of, yeah, there wasn't much. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was the first one. Should I go into the second one? Or? Yeah, yeah, please, if you're, if you're open to it, absolutely. Yeah, so then um, we tried. So then, yeah, I got my first period back and I was like, okay, Luke, First period, two weeks, I'm going to ovulate. Um, so, you know, let's get ready. <laughs> so, yeah, then we immediately Pony started trying. <laughs> yeah, ready, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, all right. Um, so, yeah, and then I we fell pregnant two times. So it wasn't the first time, but the second time I fell pregnant again. Um, so it was pretty fresh after the um, first whatever, the clear out and all that. Um, and, yeah, we fell pregnant. I went to the doctors and it wasn't kind of, I was so early that the doctor was like, yeah, you're not pregnant. And I'm like, no, no, I am. I'm pregnant. Like, I know I'm pregnant. Anyway, eventually she came around and she's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're pregnant. So <laughs> we established that I was pregnant. Um, and then this one was a bit earlier. So it was about um, seven weeks in um that then I started to spot and I was like shit this is over like immediately and we never sort of for this pregnancy it was funny we didn't even get excited at all like there was zero excitement um I was just like okay yep we've ticked the box I'm pregnant like cool let's just like you know see what happens and yeah it was pretty thankfully pretty straightforward this one (laughs) So it was just, I started to spot and then I went through the miscarriage again, which was again, excruciating, not as bad as the first time, thankfully. Um, And then I had about a week or so of being very weak and, you know, from blood loss and stuff, you just feel very dizzy and weak and, you know, your iron levels are depleted. So, yeah. So then, and then I was like, okay, let's just give this a rest. Like finally, then I was like, you know what, like we were just about to hit the road. So we'd finished the van. We were just about to hit the road and I was like, Luke, let's just chill. Let's just focus on van life and let's just go and explore Australia and just enjoy life. Like I'm going to try to not control every situation now. I'm going to try to like not control my body and and all that sort of stuff. So um, in a different way this time. So instead of me personally taking it on, I, I reached out to people and I let them take control of me. <laughs> if that makes sense so yeah I asked for help which was really good for me to do I think because then you're not constantly thinking what am I doing wrong what am I doing wrong you just the doctor tells you or the the specialist does things like I want you to do this you're like cool tick so it was really nice to like sort of relinquish control in that perspective going forward to the next one (laughs) so what did that kind of support look like for you 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, I reached out to a number of people, actually. So, first of all, obviously, being in the realm that I am, I just reached out to um, a naturopath, first of all, um, because, and who specialises, obviously, in preconception um, and pregnancy care and postnatal care. So, I was, I just sort of reached out to her and was like, hey, you know, like, look, I've had, I've had two miscarriages. I know my full bloods. I know my genetic markers. I know what's going on here. Like I've been taking these sort of things. I'm, I'm new to Australia. Like I don't know what's the deal here. I don't know what doctors to see. I don't know who's good at what, because, you know, we went to the average doctors, the normal GP and they're like, yeah, miscarriage is normal. Just get on with it. Just have your next one. And you're like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, there's a lot of diseases <laughs> normal, like cancer is normal. This is normal, but I don't want it to be normal for me. Like I want to do everything that I possibly can to prevent this, obviously. And if there's something that I've missed, then I want to find out. Um, so that was like sort of, and a naturopath understood that, you know, because she works in those realms. So I was like, can you help me like form a, like, you know, sort of a, a tribe of people that can support me. And she's like, absolutely. So she referred me to, first of all, just a normal doctor, a GP, um, who's fantastic. Um, and then the GP then referred me to a fertility specialist. Again, all like the best of their fields, which was incredible because, again, being new to Australia, I, I didn't know anyone. Um, I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know who to reach out to. So I had my support from the naturopath, fertility specialist and the GP and they just did I mean I think I had about 40 vials of blood um taken this was all whilst we were living in the van by the way so so she had all these specialists line up and we'd be having like these calls with them like the the best like prenatal specialist in Australia and she'd be like having a conference call because it's during COVID times right. and then they would be like we need blood so we need to go to some weird town in the middle of nowhere where we're traveling through go and get her <laughs> And do her bloods to like line up like first thing in the morning before that whole town if lots of people come in and then like zip off and then try and get the results and then get on back on a call with the GP and then the, the specialist so it was all oh it was a bit of a crazy time because of COVID and because we were living in a van it just wasn't I think a normal process like you would normally do at home um but yeah it was invaluable I mean specialists were great yeah it definitely wasn't a normal process being on the road but I think in, in again in hindsight I think it was the best possible thing for us for because us yeah because we weren't focusing entirely on that we yeah were, we were traveling enjoying what we were doing and then doing everything we can for the pregnancy at the simultaneously basically yeah so it's really nice my mind like as I said I just put myself into research I didn't have time for that you know we were seeing beautiful waterfalls we were going on amazing trips so mm. i'd get back and i was like oh i've got a call with a specialist and just be like oh. we like, get to reception <laughs> yeah so it was like my mind was on other stuff which was really nice and, and as i said i'd let other people take control of my health for the moment so i was like oh i'm you know cool and that was the first time i had sort of ever done that so yeah um and then they actually picked up on a couple of things from genetically um, in my bloods that potentially could have been factors as to why I was miscarrying. Um, they found out that I was um, had a, a blood clot gene. So, and that basically so occasionally, again, it does not happen for all women, but the blood clot gene, the thrombotic gene, um, can clot the fetus very early on and it basically then discharges it. So they're like, okay, you, you've come with this gene, 
Some women fall pregnant naturally and keep the baby. Some women miscarry, but we would like to put you on blood thinners. And I was like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> so um, they then from then going on, they basically fertility specialist was like, okay, look. So once you fall pregnant, you're going to have to be on blood thinners, and that was injectable. So that was um, into the stomach. Again, I've always been anti-drugs, anti-everything. But at that stage, I was like, I don't ever want to go through a miscarriage. And if the fertility specialist is saying this potentially could help, then I'm going for it. It doesn't cross the placenta, you know. So I was like, sweet, sign me up. So, um, yeah, that was one of the things that he picked up on that I would have never been able to pick up on because I, I just, you know, obviously being in more in the natural side of things, you don't see that side. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really positive. Um, and then we, I, I think we just sort of, I, I don't know, we were just sort of just having sex naturally then. I don't think I was sort of so stressed about ovulating or anything. Um, and then I fell pregnant first time. We started trying again because originally I was like, let's just enjoy van life. We're not having sex anywhere near ovulation. <laughs> like, <laughs> Too bad for everybody. Lock me outside the van. <laughs> You're sleeping outside. <laughs> so it was the first time I was like, okay, you can come back now. <laughs> We're not thinking about it. Whatever happens, happens. Let's just go with it. And yeah, it was the first time. So, um, and it was funny because it was actually it was kind of a really hard moment because, you know, again, in hindsight, so I got a call from the specialist and he actually called me and said, your egg reserve is really low. And I was like, again, completely shocked. Yeah. I mean, I should have known my mum went through menopause really early. My grandmother went through menopause really early. So it's a constant theme in my family genetically. Um, but, you know, I'm 33. Like I was like, oh, no way would my egg reserve be low. By all means, it doesn't mean that you're, you've, I've still got eggs. So it's still, they're still there. They're just much lower than they should be at my time. And it was that day that the doctor called me. It was the day that we conceived. And I was like, wow, like, you know, you just don't sort of like, I was devastated. I cried, like, I was absolutely devastated. I couldn't really speak to anyone for a couple of days because I was like, two miscarriages, now my egg reserve is low, like, my body's fucking failed me, you know, like this is, what am I going to do? Like, and, and didn't they say that you basically got one more chance, like you've got six months or something, and then if it doesn't happen within that time frame, we need to go to kind of, oh, yeah. Yes. So that was the situation. Like it was, it was getting pretty extreme. Yeah, so he gave me until Christmas. So at that stage, yeah, it was, I, it was July. So he'd given me to Christmas to fall pregnant naturally. Um, otherwise I'd need to go straight to IVF. And he said, yeah, like your history of miscarriage and, and the fact that your egg reserve is low, you, IVF is your only option unless you fall pregnant naturally. Like, so I was like, oh. And as I said, we had conceived that day, not knowing that we had, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I was devastated. Yeah, it was just like, you know, but again, we were like, okay, we're not going to stop being on the road. We're just going to see what happens. And then we went for a cruise on the Whit Sundays. We met this amazing group of people. And the Whit Sundays, for those that don't know, is like this beautiful set of islands on the Great Paris. Barrier Reef. And it's 
it's at, like it's if you look up paradise in like the dictionary it's there like it's white and it's like it's just incredible and um we were going to drink on the last night and i was like maybe i should just take a pregnancy test just to be sure because you know i don't want to get like drunk and then regret it and i took the test and i was like oh my god it's positive not having any clue at all and i sort of pulled luke down into the deck and i, I just showed him and he was like so shocked he was like are you sure and I'm like well yeah I'm, I'm sure well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then it was like wow okay um this changes the route this changes the plan so but then it was a matter of getting back to land then getting the medication that I needed so I needed to start the injectables straight away so Luke was my doctor because I was too chicken shit to inject myself <laughs> yeah, um, so so this is the beach. So like we live in a van. We're you know sleep <laughs> various places all over the coast of Australia. And every morning I've got to get we've got all these injections, and I've got to get this injector out and jab it into my wife's stomach. You know, at ten a.m. in the morning when it's light and uh, there are people around. Well, it's generally public places. Right? Yeah. So uh, and then it's like, what do you do with these injections? Like the ones that we've done. Claire's like. Can you take them to the toilet? Because there's a dispenser there, but there's like ten, and I don't want to be seen like a druggie. I'm yeah. like, Jesus. So we had to take man, Lou. Take You're a good man. <laughs> I know we had to take all these syringes to like the public toilets and put them in the dispenser because you like you have to dispose of syringes safely. Yeah. It's like all these things you just don't think of when you're living on the road. <laughs> exercise I feel like in in releasing control and like letting go and trying to control things because I know I can get very sucked down that road too and that's just such a beautiful lesson in that and Luke too like how how were you kind of feeling throughout this process in terms of I mean other than the injections but as you're like trying to support her going through um as you're trying to support Claire like going through this and I imagine potentially feeling fairly helpless that like you can't control any of this either you can't really do anything she's the one that's in pain she's the one having to physically manage this how was that for you yeah I mean well that's the thing like when we first got pregnant and we were in Bali and Claire felt amazing we were documenting we were recording it was like how are you feeling today you know taking videos on the phone and stuff and because we wanted to remember um the time that she was pregnant and so we were obviously really excited. We didn't think anything of it, but the, you know, Claire was going to have a miscarriage at that point. And then when it came to the second time, obviously she miscarried. And then the third time when we got pregnant, we didn't do any of that because we were just so worried that the same thing was going to happen. And we didn't want to preempt kind of fate, so to speak. And, and so we didn't document it. We weren't, you know, showing our excitement because we didn't feel like we had made it to any certain stage at that point. So my feelings at that point were simply to support Claire, obviously. She'd gone through 
um, a physical and mental trauma in the sense that she had a miscarriage and then had to have the operation to have it all cleaned out properly. Um, so it was generally just a role of support, um, both mentally and physically with the injections and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, also it was kind of like after two, two miscarriages, it's like, what's, you know, is it something to do with me? Is it my sperm? Is it something that I'm happy, you know, because it's not always the female, obviously. There's, there's other issues and there's so many variables when it comes to having a successful pregnancy. So I started thinking about that and sort of asking the specialists, you know, should we get my sperm tested and that kind of thing? So you start thinking, well, this could be on me, actually. It's not, you know, it's not Claire. It's not that there's so many different options here. Um, we did, we revised not to go down that route. Um, and luckily, this one has now prevailed. So the sperm is okay, people. It's fine. <laughs> Still 21 weeks. We're not Dude, you're like one clear. shot, one oh, kill God. over here. You're clearly fine. <laughs> we're okay. We're doing all right. It's completely defunct. So I think, you know, we're, we're in an okay place right now. So um, <laughs> we'll see. But also that was another limiting factor was the fact that a lot of these, like, so the sperm test was really quite expensive. Hmm. Um, so, and because of the year, like, I wasn't working. Luke's business <clears> had taken a hit. Um, it was just like, well, shit, like, you know, we have to actually consciously think about what we're spending here. So, and that was one of the main things I was saying to the fertility specialist. Like, I want to prioritize the first thing, the most important things first. So then he sort of wrote this schedule out, like, okay, this is the test we'll take first. This is the test we'll take second. We pick up on something here, then we'll do this, this, this. So it was really good in that perspective because they've really taken the fact that, you know, we, unfortunately, we didn't have the never-ending budget and a lot of these tests are expensive um even if we're so lucky in australia that we get free healthcare for the most part um all these specialist tests are, are not for free um and they're bloody expensive so that was also a stress for us i think that we were con like we were thinking about that we're like shit you know it could be this but yeah i don't know yeah. if we can afford that yeah. yeah, that's a huge stress. Like that's a very realistic stress for for most people, for sure. And and you guys were already like between your businesses taking like your business taking a hit, uh, Luke, and then Claire, you taking some needed time off, and then yeah. the van life as well. Like you guys were still adjusting to, to van life. Like how was that? Other than the injection situation, <laughs> how was van life? Because you guys had had talked about it for a while. I know you'd been you'd been thinking about doing it for a really long time. How did that, like, what, what's involved with that a little bit just for, you know, like the average day and, and what, how did you find the experience overall? What do you love about it? What did you maybe not love about it? Tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think a lot of people are interested. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've been, before we embarked on our van life journey, we were looking, or at least I was looking into it for probably a couple of years before. And it was actually, well, we were, we wanted to do a big lap around Australia, but it's a big thing to do full lap around Australia. And so when we decided that we wanted to move and settle in Australia, we're like, right, we don't want to settle down straight away. Let's, let's keep traveling. We always want to travel anyway. So let's, let's do a big lap. And uh, so initially we're looking at um, caravans, um, like having a four-wheel drive and caravans. So you can use four-wheel drive to go to like Fraser Island and off-roading and stuff. Um, but it seemed like that was, when, when I was looking into that, was more of an older generation that we call green nomads here in Australia. Um, and the, the in things, van life, and when I started looking into van life, 
And when I got deeper into it, I was like, this van life thing is massive, right? You get into social media and you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, all the cool kids are doing van life. And it's like, <laughs> they're living a dream and they're just setting up next to the beach and swimming every day and working out, doing yoga, eating good food, whatever, exploring all these beautiful places. And so I was like hooked when I started looking at van life. And so ever since I found out about it and have been doing more research, more research, uh, it was always my goal to, for when we moved here was to buy a van, build it out myself. So that's, that's kind of part of the satisfaction, I think, part of the journey. Um, and then to explore and do a lap of Australia in the van. Um, and then, uh, so, so we did, we did the whole build process. It was amazing. Like we, we don't have any DIY experience. Like I think the most I've ever built is, uh, what a desk from Ikea, where it's, you know, like a step-by-step -step guide, you know? So and suddenly I'm, I'm confronted with this van and I've got to completely transform into a tiny home and it's pretty daunting and it took a lot of research and luckily there's just so, because of modern day times there's just so much material out there you've got youtube and instagram and you can literally just go from one video to the next of every single step so like doing the anti-rusting and then like doing the subflooring and then doing the insulation and soundproofing and all that kind of stuff um so there's literally every single step of the way you have a guide to go so even if you know nothing like we did um there's just a complete guide on it. so we did that and it was awesome but I did get super, like my initial plan was to do the electrics and the plumbing as well. So to do the whole lot ourselves. But when it got to research of the electrics and the plumbing, I was getting so overwhelmed. I was like, wait, so what batteries do we need? Do they need to be AGM or lithium? How much solar power do we need? What type should they be flexi or not? Uh, what inverter do we need? How much power do we need to run like a toaster or induction? You know, like all these questions, you're like, fucking hell, this is like ridiculously overwhelming. Um, so I eventually, I was getting so stressed out by that part of it, but was enjoying the build part of it. So I eventually just decided to outsource the electrics and the plumbing to some specialists and decided to kind of crack on with the more creative side of the build, the actual build, the physical part of the build myself, uh, with Claire also, she's always, she was always doing a painting. She's like, I do, yeah, she did. I did lots of She did like, I saw her on Instagram. She did some things. <laughs> yeah. I um, did do that. There was a lot of no, seriously. The painting is the hard part, and I was like, "Oh, thank, thank God she's here to like help me out." It's just time-consuming stuff, a lot of it. Well, and it turned it, out beautifully. Like it's stunning. Yeah, I mean, so we, we are like surprised at how it turned out. We're like, "How did we build this?" I mean, <laughs> if we can build it, anyone can build it. So if you're thinking about of joining the van life uh, kind of journey, then trust me, anyone can build a van. I mean, you may need to get some help for the electrics and the plumbing part, but. Seriously, anyone can do it. I mean, we were surprised at how we're well so came. happy in that. And it's like the minute I go in there, you know, when you just feel like, <clears> like I don't know, you just feel this like warm, like relaxed feeling, and it's really like it's so nice. Like I'm like, it's just it's home. Like yeah, and it's I mean, a hug. <laughs> absolutely, and it's so funny because it's like you know you don't have a shower. Um, and yes, your question previous, like when you started this was what is your um things that you struggled with on the road and that was one of them <laughs> i didn't struggle with that I, I got pretty used to not having showers actually yeah uh, well you were just in the ocean right <laughs> well that's it i mean the thing is the difference between me and claire is like i love the ocean and 
even though I don't like the cold, I'm happy to go for a swim or have a shower, even if it's a bit cold. Claire is like so, um, I don't know, conformed by Dubai. She's so like, you know, <laughs> used to the heat now that even in summer in Queensland, she, she wouldn't go for a swim. I'm like, no, my, Luke's making it very dramatic. My biggest constraint oh, really? is my hair, to be honest. I mean, every okay. woman that understands this, you cannot wash your hair in the ocean. No, like, I hear you. I hear you. It is not, that no. you can't wash it with salt water. Like, so no, no, no. I'm, I'm, wash I'm it with about, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about Australian facilities are amazing. So every beach that you go to will generally have a free shower. Okay, they may be out in the open, but it's fresh running water with of a good pressure. Okay, you, you're probably not allowed to, no, no, to not. wash your hair, at them, but there's loads of other facilities. Anyway, anyway we're very fortunate in Australia. The washing the hair thing is like a, a minute thing. There is cold showers everywhere. Um, so along the coast, and, and hey, I got used to that. So I was cold showering daily. Wim Hof mode was fully <laughs> in break. Um, so yeah, we we're cold showering daily, but it was just the fact of and then every four days, I was like, okay, it's hair wash day, mate. Like, let's find a hot shower. So that was our, our biggest constraint because I was like, I need to wash my hair. Like, this is too much. Um, but besides that, I think it took us about three weeks I would say one week to three weeks to adjust into van life because initially like it's kind of a big shock you like you have to watch your water like you can't just wash dishes flippantly like you know you just you have to be much more conscious which is really nice um you've you've massively downsized so you've only got a few outfits again which is so nice um, but just that initial shock was just like, whoa, okay, this is a different life. Like, but it was also really cold. So when we set off, it was June 4th, I think. Yeah. And so that's basically the start of winter. I mean, you're talking to a Canadian right now. Okay, so yeah, this isn't going to resonate with Canadians. No, but no, but like I get it. Yeah, because you guys are the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so June in Australia is winter time. So when we were going through Victoria, so we're, in, we're based in Melbourne, so where it gets really cold in winter. So when, when we first... Not really cold. <laughs> Come on. Cold right, so when, standards. I get it. It's totally cool. <laughs> anyway, if you're in a van and it's minus three outside and you don't have heating, like that's still pretty cold whether you're living... That's Canada cold. Or not, right? Yes. Like okay. it's like minus three right now and like I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in a van. Okay, you haven't got, you've got insulation, but it's, it is what it is. You don't have heating or anything. Um, so we, we struggled a bit with the cold and because you don't obviously don't want a cold shower when it's zero degrees outside and we didn't have hot water through our shower system so it was just a bit of a, a struggle initially it took two to three weeks to kind of get through the cold part we got further up north that's the beauty of van life you can just migrate <laughs> further north where it's warmer and it just took us a bit of time you, you just don't know things like where to get water um you know, uh, where are the public toilets? All this kind of stuff. Like you just learn that as you go. And it just takes a bit of time to get used to that new way of life. That takes a lot right, of yeah. energy, though, too. Yeah, like a lot of mental energy. Yeah. Completely. And that's what um, we were more shocked about is the fact that, hey, like a lot of our days actually used up. Like we thought we'd have all the time in the world, <laughs> but we, we don't. Um, again, it always in hindsight, like we're so thankful for that because actually putting ourselves into that and like being fully immersed in nature every day like we had no time to think like we had no time to like sort of plan 
like what was going on or, or process. So it was kind of nice because you're just like, okay, we're exploring, like we're seeing Australia, like we're meeting amazing people. Um, and yeah, we, we loved it. Like yeah. it was really good. Our three tickets that first we used to it, we were just like, then we were in it and we were absolutely loving it. I think yeah. from that, from when we basically got to kind of Sydney, no, even from Jarvis Bay, like yeah. pretty, pretty early on, we were just absolutely loving it. So, um, so yeah. yeah, but then I found out I was pregnant, obviously. So we had been on the road maybe two months and then I found out I was pregnant. And thankfully, which I was very, very happy about, this time I actually felt sick. Um, <laughs> so that was my one, my one wish was I really just want to feel sick during pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I, I started to feel quite sick. So then Luke had to really step up and do most of the jobs in the van. Um, I had crazy food aversions, so I couldn't really smell food. And when you're in a van, you're cooking food in the van. So it was kind of tough. I, I found it hard to drink water. Like I could only drink sparkling water. Like there was a lot of things going on that I was sort of like, oh my God, this is tough. Um, she didn't want any vegetables. And like, if you know Claire, she, all she eats is like that's super a big healthy food yeah. based on vegetables <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, I just can't stomach vegetables. I'm like, and by the end, of, I don't know, she's making, like craving like weird stuff, like minced chicken. It's absolutely gross. And I'm <laughs> eating it. I can't eat this. And even I want a vegetable when I'm not like that person that's all like, <laughs> that just needs vegetables in every single meal. And I was like, it just needs some clean, healthy food. She's like, no, I want like minced chicken and bread. Let's, I like bread. She's let's, just, <laughs> let's just make sure that like I was never craving minced chicken. That was never a craving. <laughs> I know my nutrients and I know what I needed to have in my body to make me like be healthy. And that was a way to hide it because I couldn't okay. physically face eating chicken. That's fair. Eating any form of protein. The only way to hide it in the meal was by mincing it and then having it like sort of mixed into like a so Luke was like, This is disgusting, and I'm like, I completely agree with you, this is disgusting. I have to get my nutrients, I have to get my nutrients, yeah, and there is no other way that I can get my nutrients besides making it like so. That was tough, but hey, that would have been tough in a house, but for sure, um, yeah. So, you know, that and it wasn't actually tough because I was so thankful for it. So it sounds really weird. Like every day I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling sick. Yay. We're like, yes, Claire's being sick today. Such a good day. And my, my doctors were monitoring me. So I had to get weekly bloods to see like my hormone levels to make sure that they were constantly rising. So we're going to like these random places weekly to get bloods done. And they were rising. And I was like, oh my God. Again, I don't think we we got excited, um, but there was positive things that were coming from it. And I was like, okay, cool. But I still had no thought that I would get to as far as I am right now. Um, so, yeah, that was, and I guess then we travelled all the way whilst I was feeling sick and then we got a call from the doctor um, and he sort of said that I've been deemed as high risk. So another complication to so this current pregnancy that I'm undertaking they found a massive blood clot in my um in my uterus and at that time at 12 weeks it was the same size as the baby so it was pretty large um and 
they said, look, it's fine if you've got no symptoms and symptoms meant bleeding. And I had no symptoms except there was a massive blood clot in my uterus. Um, and basically they were like, you just need to rest. Like you can't really do anything. So don't, don't be doing like, to be honest, I couldn't do it much anyway. Like exercising was out of the picture. I was, I, I felt sick. I was so exhausted. So I was like, Luke's doing most of the things. I was napping three, four times a day anyway. So I was like, dude, I'm not doing anything. You're, you're covered there. I'm not working. Um, but then they, and but then my. We were still on the road. So people, so we met lots of people yeah. actually along the way. And they were like, do you want to, do you want to come swimming in this place? Do you want to come on a hike up the mountain? I was like, yeah, sweet. And they were like, no, nah, I can't do that. And everyone, <laughs> and they would be like, I wonder if Claire's like normally because we weren't telling people at that stage because we weren't yeah. we weren't that far along comfortable with telling people. So everyone was like, oh, I wonder if Claire like just doesn't like doing any of these things at all. <laughs> or, you know, it's just always napping like, three times a day and just lazy. Which is so like, not like her. Like <laughs> And Luke then made a joke about it, which was really like refreshing because then he was like, Oh, she just naps all the time. Claire loves naps. Yeah, so I said like make it into a joke. <laughs> Yeah, all she does is nap, all she does is eat and sleep and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it was just now a joke. So that was like sweet because the pressure's off me. So Luke would do all the fun stuff and I'll just go and nap in the van. That's so funny. So really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they then the doctors were like, my thyroid was out, which is very common again for early pregnancy. But and being on the fact that I was on the blood thinners and with the blood clot, they were just like you need to be monitored by one doctor because what was happening being on the road is we were being, I was seeing one doctor in this town with all my reports and then one doctor in this town with all my reports and then I'd have a constant doctor that I'd then call. It was too much going on. So Melbourne then called me back and said, you need to come. You need to be in one place. Yeah. So then we sort of went, all right, our trip is over for the moment. But there is bigger and better things that we need to achieve right now, and so yeah, that's why we decided to put a hold on van life. Yeah, yeah, just a pause. A pause, yeah. <laughs> and living at my mom's. <laughs> well, you're renting out the van, right? For anyone in Australia, they can come rent out, rent out yeah. your van. Yeah, they can come get on Camplify and check us out. The van we put it dandy because we we bought it in a place called Dandenong, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, from Dandenong Ranges. So it's called Dandy, it's on Camplify. Um, so yeah, we've got some we've got some bookings coming up over Christmas and New Year and in January. Um, so that's gonna help with us for a lot of the medical costs and all these like, um, yeah, special requirements that we've needed to pay for. So yeah, it's good. And then uh, we'll do little trips in between with we went. Uh, we did a little Victoria trip uh, just the other week with a couple of friends of ours and so we're still exploring Victoria and it's awesome yeah and that's what we'll do little yeah. trips in between the appointments and then after that we'll uh, start building some kind of bed sleeping setup for the baby get a get a baby chair in there baby seat make sure it's all <laughs> safety set up and all that kind of stuff and then hit the road again the road. that's Two awesome yeah okay so, so <laughs> so I'm just going to wrap up with a couple questions here. Tell me what freedom means to you guys. What freedom means to us. Um, and I say that I to you know. guys in particular because you have chosen to go a more unconventional route. So I imagine that you have potentially a, a more unconventional definition of freedom than the average person. Yeah. 
So it's like if, if you think about the term wealth, like a lot of people will think of wealth as financial, right? But I think of wealth as time, um, time conscious, like health conscious. Like these are the most important things for us as values is to have time with each other, uh, freedom to spend time together whilst exploring our passions, which is traveling, moving, fitness, nature, all that kind of stuff. So in terms of freedom, it's to be able to have the time with each other to explore the passions that we like to enjoy, which is on our own terms, on our own terms. So whether that's traveling or that's doing like a workout together, whether that's uh, having a new experience together, whether that's meeting new people that are of like-minded kind of values that, that we meet on the road, other band lives, whatever it may be, it's those kind of experiences. It's all, you know, life is short at the end of the day. We want to make the most of it. And it all comes down to, you know, what you value closely. And I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in the, in the kind of rat race, so to speak, where finance is king and it really isn't. It should be all about your time, your health, your family, your loved ones, and really what you cherish. So, yeah, that's probably... I think yeah. you summarised that pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely what freedom is to us, just being living on our own terms, I think, in a minimal type of lifestyle. Yeah, live simple. You know, you don't need to be and being consuming happy. all this stuff, even though yeah. I run Black Friday service for Wild Words, you can get on that. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's just all happiness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so tell us where we can find you guys. And I will obviously be linking this in the show notes, but tell us you know really briefly like your your business handles your personal handles on instagram all the things <laughs> okay so the main one that we focus on at the moment is our van life strayer you most people ask how to spell it so you, you, you need to get it from the notes probably but it's s-t-r-a-y-a it's a play on australia um it's a bogan so, term yes yeah, like strayer mate <laughs> And see, I know um, what Bogan means now because I've hung out with so many Aussies in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on the Bogan. Um, and that's probably the main one on Instagram where you can find us. Um, Business-wise, there's Wildwoods ME, which is the Middle East Dubai business for Wildwoods. There's Wildwoods AU, which is the new Australian business for Wildwoods. There's Island of Luke, which is my personal Instagram. There's Claire Falconer underscore underscores two underscores. Yeah, so just my name, Claire Falconer. There's just so many accounts. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I'll fun. list them all. Don't worry. I'll list them all. Yeah. Like, yeah. For me, I've got two. I've got Claire Falconer underscore underscore, and then I've got Coach by Claire. Um, Coach by mm. Claire has been not very active, as you can imagine, this year. I've, I've really decided just to take a step back from everything. Um, but hopefully, going forward, it will be a lot more active. So, that's the goal. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I have one final question to wrap up with, which is if you could give people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? For me, I think we might, I would say, um, spend more time in nature. Think about your health. Think about what you like being minimal. Like we don't need all this shit. Um, so you need to like, just make important what you need and what you don't need. Um, I think they're my, I, I couldn't name one. <laughs> Those are all good. Those are all good. Well, that covers it all. Cool. <laughs> What's your, I don't know. It would be a similar thing, you know, just, just spend more time with yourself, um, I mean, for us, it's always outdoors. So we would go back to what, what's important to us, but it would be spend more time with yourself and with loved ones 
in nature, outdoors, movement, exercise. That's where you will gain better clarity mentally of what is important to you and what you can then spend more time on in the future to actually uh, yeah, proliferate your happiness, essentially. So. Totally agree. Oh my gosh. This has been such a gift. I just adore you two. Wherever you two are in the world, I'm always just like, wonder how those guys are doing. Oh, <laughs> just love you too. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been so incredibly special and thank you for doing it a second time and for talking about so many personal things. I just appreciate you guys so much. So thank you. And I'm wishing you both thank the best you. as well throughout this whole pregnancy. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.